Hello everyone, my name is Shane A. Bassett, the movie analyst, and welcome to another edition of Mickey Rourke Talk, the podcast where we talk about Philip Andre Rourke Jr., or Sir Eddie Cook, as he's known sometimes. Mr. Mickey Rourke is one of the greatest living actors in my era. Well, I think he is anyway. The career that he has had is unbelievable and still going. Ups, downs, turnarounds, comebacks, and the lowest of the low. But we are here to discuss one movie and one movie in particular today, although I'm sure I'll be bringing up other Mickey Rourke films. Welcome to Mickey Rourke Talk. This is the Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man edition. There's a little bit of Stop the World by the Screaming Jets. They're an Australian band uh, led by Dave Gleason. Good old Gleeso. He's well known around the rock and roll traps of Down Under. Uh, the Screaming Jets had a couple of songs on the Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man soundtrack and uh, might play a little bit more of that one shortly because it does rev up towards the mid to end of that song. Uh, and they also have an even better song on the soundtrack called Come On. And uh, that one played, unfortunately, in the end credits of Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Uh, didn't even appear in the movie itself. Of course, when we talk music and the movie Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, we have to talk about the opening scene, and I am going to get into that thoroughly. You know what? A lot of people don't like this movie, and others thought they liked it, but then watch it again and don't. In 1991, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man was awfully received at the time of release. Um, it was allegedly directed by an Australian, Simon Winsor, uh, but it is said to be that Don Johnson actually became the director. He took over when Mickey and other members of the cast knew there were major complications with Simon and he just wasn't doing what the actors and the producers wanted him to do, I believe. I actually had a chance to interview Simon Winsor uh, when he was promoting an Aussie horse racing movie, The Cup. Now, when I got out my copy of the DVD of Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man for him to sign, and I wanted to ask him a few questions about the movie and what it was like on set, etc., he seemed to kind of clam up. He didn't say much at all, and he couldn't even remember what the opening song was in the early credit sequence. Now, that shocked me, because that is one of the great scenes of, well, great opening scenes of any movie, and uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that, too. Anyway, on the record, Mickey has often mentioned that he did not like this movie at all. He did the movie for financial reasons, and overall, hates talking about it. But it gets up, 
gets brought up a lot, I believe, uh, in interviews, and he winces, no pun intended, with the uh, director, but he winces when the movie is mentioned. Well, one positive is that he remains good mates with Don Johnson, his co-star, which is wonderful in my eyes. I love Don Johnson. Now, Bruce Willis was actually set to play Harley Davidson, not Mickey Rourke. Uh, I'm not sure what that would have uh, been like if it had have worked uh, as much as what Mickey did in the role. Uh, but obviously, I adore Bruce Willis, uh, or should I say Walter Bruce Willis. And for the record, Simon Winsor here has actually made some pretty decent movies. He hasn't done a lot recently at the time of recording this. Uh, the Cup that movie I mentioned just a minute or two ago was the last thing I can remember him doing, but he was responsible for The Light Horseman, Free Willy, and, well, he did The Phantom with Billy Zane too, but I won't hold that against him. want to ride their road you gotta know the rules never play cowboy school's out boys in a room full of indians it's better to be dead and cool than alive and uncool never go into a bar i can't watch it unless you're willing to get smashed you're pretty good under there never ride a brahma bull strap on your seatbelt get ready to fly when you can take a bus that look like the work of two bit hoods yeah, pros would have used my keys. Never rob a bank. Get back what's mine and kill these men, okay? Run by bigger crooks than you. Hey, man, that's what friendship's all about. Never resist an arresting officer. Okay, cowboy, let's pull off some steam. We gotta talk to the man upstairs. You stand my tail. No problem. Never start at the bottom when you want the man on top. Never dive from the 20th floor. We're gonna jump. I hate you for this, Harley. I hate you, Harley! Unless the pool is full. You guys are a piece of work. Shoot him! Mickey Rourke. Don Johnson. Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. I can't believe you shot me! Yeah, well, uh, that is the audio of the trailer from Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. And anyway, the plot of these uh, two best mates, estranged, getting back together reluctantly to help save their favourite rock and roll bar. Um, it's very lightweight and it's just full of other side stories that really don't make much sense. Uh, there's some okay moments, though, and a cracking opening credits, which I've kind of touched on earlier. Um, but as much as I liked it back in the day, it's not so good watching it now. And I say that with a lot of movies. Uh, look, as Harley Davidson, I think Mickey Rourke looks pretty bona fide as the character. You see Mickey within 30 seconds of the movie starting, his silhouette. Is at the door smoking a cigarette of this uh, sort of a room of a, I guess it could be a questionable hotel, motel. I'm not too sure. Uh, it's very, very dark. Uh, there's a beautiful woman on the bed staring back. And as you would expect during uh, this period of his career, 
there is a lot of smoking in this film. Uh, basically, it sets off uh, the best part of the movie. The guitar vibes kick in of Bon Jovi, Wanted, Dead or Alive. It's a perfect opening song. Uh, it's got good credit font, really sweet cinematography, up, down and around as Mickey is riding this impressive Harley-Davidson bike. Uh, and it is Mickey riding. I don't think it's a stunt double. Pretty sure it's not anyway. Uh, there's a helicopter flying over. You can see um, that's what they're using. There's no drones when they made this movie. They're actual helicopters. And he's going from Texas to L.A. And a fun fact, Harley Davidson rides past a host of signs along this stretch of desert. You know, it's a long and windy road and not much to see. But there's lots of signs. And one of the signs you see is White Sands, which is uh, as regular... As regular listeners will know, to Mickey Rourke Talk is one of my favourite Mickey Rourke movies of all time. It was made about a year or two after this one. Uh, and, yeah, we'll get into it. But uh, he um, he's putting putting a lot more effort into the actual movie White Sands than he is in this movie. Uh, and it doesn't end there. I mean, Harley rides into a servo to pump some petrol... Uh, and for my American listeners, he arrives at a service station to pump some gas. All this while a robbery is taking place. Well, every time I think about it, it disappears. Stop the world. Stop the world. Because this is Uh, there's a little bit more of Stop the World by the Screaming Jets. Uh, yes, indeed, the Screaming Jets. What a band. Seen them live many times over the years in some pretty decent places around Sydney, Newcastle, where they're from, and a whole lot of other places in Australia. They are a well-known band, and they're still going to this day. Now, the aforementioned uh, scene which I'm still discussing. It's a great little scene. It sets everything up. It also establishes uh, Harley Davidson as being tough, carefree, and considerate. His attitude is set in stone there and then. Uh, the assistant at the counter has guns pointed at her, some maniacs trying to steal money off her and food and drinks while threatening other customers. But uh, then all of a sudden that gives away to... Her hero coming in, cleaning up these guys, and her basically saying, just pump as much gas as you can take. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I thought it was a pretty great moment. Uh, Kelly Hu uh, was uh, a Susie, the assistant. She's the She was very young. She's a very uh, established actor now, been in many things. Uh, I think she's excellent, actually, and I remember her in particular from this and... Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan, which I thought was okay, but uh, it's a mostly unloved Friday the 13th movie out of the horror legacy that's got a bit of a huge following, to say the least. Does Mickey suit the role of Harley Davidson? Well, yes, indeed. Of course he does. His heart may not be in it, but uh, that's kind of obvious at times, I've got to say. But I think he still gets away with it. He looks good. He's fighting and his bike scenes 
they're not badly executed at all. Uh, they're they're all pretty good. Uh, he he, I think he looks good in the clothes. He's wearing pretty much the same clothes throughout the whole movie: um, bandanas, leather jacket, leather pants, these solid big boots. He's got a cross earring on, uh, little round sunnies, which personally I don't think suit him that well, but uh, they're okay. They're okay. The dialogue lets him down and everyone down. The story is awful. It's disjointed. It's got no pulse, honestly. But Mickey rises alongside Don Johnson to be watchable and kind of fun together. They have a good chemistry, I think. you got to look at it closely. And it reminded me of a famous movie that's much better than this. Although, in itself, it's overrated, and I'll mention that shortly. I want to talk about Mickey Rourke's co-stars, and there's lots of them. A lot of them don't do much, though, except Don Johnson. He's got a big beard and long hair in this. He's very grimy and unkept. Uh, nothing like Sonny Crockett out of Miami Vice. No, not in, not at all. But Don Johnson's pretty good in this, and he's funny, and he's got this uh, swagger to him that's uh, pretty, pretty good, I've got to say. Uh, Vanessa Williams, accomplished singer, awesome actor. Just watch Eraser, you'll ne- know what I mean. Uh, she was also in the uh, Shaft remake, the 2000 version with Christian Bale and Tony Collette and Samuel L. Jackson. Vanessa Williams doesn't do much in this film, but she lights up the screen when she appears and her voice, oh, her sultry voice, you do hear her singing in this too. I'll try to explain say listen to that voice isn't it outstanding uh vanessa williams appears in this movie harley davidson the marlboro man and uh well yeah i just wish she was in a few more scenes put it that way big john stud the wrestler and occasional actor also pops up in this movie he plays jack daniels actually the um character names are all named after product placement kind of I'm not even going to bother going into that. Giancarlo Esposito. I hope I'm saying, I'm saying his name right. Uh, he's the biggest star here, easily, considering his career. The Mandalorian and Breaking Bad. Recent huge efforts from him. Also, I remember him in Do the Right Thing, The Cotton Club as well, and plenty of other movies. Uh, he's uh, young in this, uh, very fresh, very enthusiastic, and has a... Not a bad role. Daniel Baldwin, a Baldwin brother of minor distinction. Uh, he was in the brilliant Born on the 4th of July and also starred in Night Moves with Diane Lane and Christopher Lambert. However, Daniel Baldwin in this doesn't really have 
memorable moments that are good. He has memorable moments, but not good ones. And I do apologize, Daniel. I don't think the outfit that you were wearing helped. Uh, unfortunately, it was a little bit uh, horrendous, the big trench coat. But uh, yeah, you didn't have a lot to work with. I get it. Also, Tia Korea, with a beehive type hairdo, you'll remember the lovely Tia from Wayne's World 1 and 2, Rising Sun, that great movie with Wesley Snipes, Harvey Keitel and the great Sean Connery. She was also in High School High, very funny. Also, uh, Mickey Rock Link, she was in a movie called The Immortals that starred Eric Roberts, one of Mickey's mates. That was out of 1995, which I thought was pretty good. If you can find it, watch it. It is one of those mid-90s gangster movies that, uh, well, I won't say that Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs spawned everything, but it did spawn a lot of copycats in some distinct manner anyway. Well, back to Tia. She's the assistant to the villain in this. That's all I'll say. Again, a little bit like Vanessa Williams, not in it enough. Robert Ginty from The Exterminator and Loverboy, he uh, he turns up in this. Tom Sizemore. Well, all I'll mention about Tom, you heard his voice in the trailer if you were listening a little bit earlier. And, well, heat is all I'll say. Heat. Chelsea Field, the lovely Chelsea Field. She's so great as Amy in Skin Deep. Uh, she's also in Snapdragon opposite Pamela Anderson. I thought uh, The Last Boy Scout was good too. She appeared in that the same year as Harley Davidson in The Marlboro Man. She plays a police officer who gets kind of friendly with uh, The Marlboro Man. You'll see what I mean. There's some pretty good scenes and she's uh, on the motorbike. Very cool. And a special mention to uh, Mitzi Martin. Who is Mitzi Martin, you might ask? Well, she's part of the awesome opening of this film with the great Bon Jovi song playing, some great font, as I mentioned, for the credits, the the scene of Mickey riding the Harley along the desert road. Mitzi Martin was the woman on the bed at the start, the wonderful glamour on the bed, looking up lovingly at Mickey in the doorway. It's just, oh, so impressive, so impressive, so radiant. I love Mitzi. I don't think she's doing much these days. I think she's still with us. I'd love to know what it was like filming that scene with Mickey Rourke. And if she had more scenes, Mitzi Martin, send me an email. Let me know. Well, it's a pretty good movie if you're 15. Does it hold up? Not really. Uh, the Basil Podoris score, I think that's okay. The isolated score itself. Because not all the songs on the soundtrack are good, actually. Not at all. Uh, there's one in particular I've got to call out that uh, was by LA Guns, a band, a hair band at the time called Wild Obsession. Very forgettable. The production's pretty disjointed. I, I guess that's got a lot to do with the behind-the-scenes mayhem. Uh, the, look, the drugs, Crystal Dream, it's called, side plot, uh, kind of gets left after the opening half hour or so. 
the trench coat wearing bad guys, um, they kind of gain zero interest, including Daniel. Very stone faced. I know he's capable of more. It just doesn't happen in this. A big positive, though, is the aeroplane graveyard. There's a shootout in a real life aeroplane graveyard. It's not a set. You can't, well, you could recreate that now, I guess, digitally with some digital uh, effects and so forth, but um, it just looks great because it's it's an authentic set. I like how it's a cut-rate Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's how I think is at times. That's what I was referring to, a much famous movie that this movie reminded me of, much more famous movie than this one. Uh, Although I do think, and I've said it before, that Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, although regarded by many as an absolute classic, is a little bit overrated. Although you um, give me five minutes of Catherine Ross in that movie and um, it kind of makes up for it. Although Robert Redford and Paul Newman are brilliant. And Mickey Rourke and Don Johnson, as much as I love those guys, I know Robert Redford and Paul Newman. They even jump off a roof of a building into a swimming pool at one point instead of the cliff into a lake like Butch Cassidy and Sundance did. Well, I just think there's a lot of genuine care and love-hate relationship between them. There's sentimental conversations in between all this mayhem that happens around them. And and that's another thing that reminded me of Butch and Sundance uh, with, with Harley and Marlborough. There's a scene in a Vegas hotel room that's nice and I'm sure, well, when I say nice, I just think it's authentic and looks cool because I'm sure it's been used in many movies before. It's not a set. Uh, The pair are at a rodeo at the end of the film and if you know Mickey Rock as well as I know him, well, his movies at least, it's a regular occurrence in many Mickey Rock films that you end up at a rodeo somewhere along the line. Could Mickey have played any other role? Well, he could have been good as a Marlboro man. Maybe. I think uh, Mickey Rourke would have made a more intriguing villain and he would have had more to do if he was the villain instead of Daniel Baldwin. And there are other villains here. You know, there's Tom Sizemore sort of is a villain, but not threatening at all. Mickey could could have even played the bar owner, maybe. Now, the bar owner in this is, is an old guy and they've known him for years and he's got a shut-up shop and, and then the movie revolves around that, trying to steal money so he can, you know, then the foreclosure on the bar doesn't go ahead and it's just, look, forget about the story, really. But definitely, I think, Mickey, as Harley Davidson, it works. Like I said, even if he wasn't trying, it works. He has... You know, he has his moments in this movie.
I could listen to that song on loop. I love it. And it just makes me want to watch the opening scene of this movie again. Trust me, if you don't know what I'm talking about, put it on. Find it on YouTube if you don't have an actual copy of the movie uh, or you can't find it streaming anywhere. This is an opening scene that is unforgettable. The opening 10 minutes, give or take. Uh, Let me just reiterate that Quentin Tarantino said maybe more than once, but I remember him saying this, that an opening of a movie makes the rest of the movie. Of course, soundtrack does, lighting, acting. But if you start a movie with a huge opening, great music and just sweeping cinematography or something alarming that you just can't stop thinking of for the rest of the duration of the movie, you've got something. And I think that's where Harley Davidson works. I really love the opening of this movie with that song and uh, just the whole image of everything. Wild and free. I wonder if uh, John Bon Jovi actually gets royalties or the band gets royalties uh, for this movie all these years later. Who knows? Now, I saw it at the cinema. Yep, I was one of the few that saw it at the cinema. I think it would have been released in Australia, uh, you know, months after it was released in the US at the time. We're talking early 90s here, so movies did not come out immediately or very rarely came out immediately or at the same time time all around the world that were scattered uh, i saw it in a small local cinema near me on the coast uh, in an auditorium that seated around 60 uh, it's a small screen uh, it was great to look at i remember the picture was terrific but the sound was very ordinary uh, I had seen movies previously and then after that in this same little tiny micro cinema and, um, yeah, this, the picture was always great but the sound was just terrible. I own the DVD. I only have one copy of it. Um, it is around. It's not that rare but I think it will be eventually because it's yet to be released on Blu-ray or 4K as far as I'm aware. Uh, I have a VHS copy as well. I might have two VHS copies, one legitimate and one what was called a uh, preview screener at the video shop. Um, Still have that which would have a time code on it but yeah so I have a few copies of it. Obviously I did enjoy it got a great poster of the two of them just looking into the camera with the bikes uh, in their full outfits. It is a classic poster, honestly, and it's a great title when you think of it. There really is a great title. The, the opening of the film has a notice, has a, a non-endorsement notice from, notice from MGM disregarding themselves from the tobacco product, uh, Marlboro, I guess, Marlboro Cigarettes being the Marlboro man, um, yeah, they they wanted to make it clear that we uh, had nothing to do with that uh, endorsement, and um, which is weird because there is so much smoking in this movie. It almost reeks off the screen. You need a mask to, to watch this movie because there's so much smoking in it. 
I think that um, I've probably watched that opening 30 minutes multiple times, sober and drunk. I love the opening. Uh, it's one of the greats. Uh, I like the movie itself. I still like the movie itself, I should say, right up until the armoured truck heist. And uh, then it's mostly downhill from there. But if you haven't seen it, uh, revisit it. Especially Mickey Rourke fans, it's a must. It's no classic. It's not as good as you remember it if you haven't watched it for a long time. But it is definitely worth watching again. I just don't think I'll be getting it out of the collection for another few years to put on again. Well, not unless it's just the opening 10 minutes. Yeah, so that's a bit more of the Screaming Jets. That song is Come On, and as I mentioned right at the top of the podcast, it doesn't appear until the closing credits. Uh, This is a wild song live. It's really good. Um, Not their best song, but uh, a little bit better than the other one we heard, Stop the World. Yeah, you can hear those uh, pub rock roots, can't you? Anyway, that is it for now. Thank you very much for listening to this special edition of Mickey Rock Talk, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, there's a few ways you can get in contact with me. Shane Adam Bassett at gmail.com. Send me an email. You could also check me out on social media at movie underscore analyst. Probably Instagram and Twitter are your best contacts there. And uh, I have a YouTube channel. Unfortunately, no interview with uh, Mickey Rourke as yet. Maybe one day, you never know. But uh, there are plenty of uh, interviews I've done with musicians and actors and directors and writers and all different people. Um, They're all amazing. Check out the YouTube channel, Movie Analyst, Shane Adam Bassett. And there'll be another edition of Mickey Rourke Talk. Coming soon. I don't know when. Uh, you can also revisit some of the earlier episodes of Mickey Rock Talk. I talk movies such as Barfly, Picture Claire. Do you know that one? My favorite or one of my favorites, White Sands, Year of the Dragon. Uh, there's plenty of Mickey Rock movies I've already spoken about, and there's plenty more to come. So I hope you enjoyed this edition and long live Mickey Rock. If you check out Marley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, Don't blame me.